Thank you for choosing to listen to our sermon podcast. My name is Chris Mitchell. I'm one of the pastors here at First Covenant Church of Anchorage. If you have any questions or prayer requests, feel free to stop by or send an email to office at anchoragefirstcovenant.com. God bless. Just a couple of things before we uh, get started. We wanted to wait until after spring break, um, just so we can kind of see uh, what the COVID numbers are like. And <clears throat> if the COVID numbers are still looking good, um, we'll, we'll probably start resuming singing uh, more integrated in with the service instead of just at the end, um, as long as the numbers are still looking good. We're, we've been kind of holding off on that uh, so people could still leave if they felt uncomfortable. But, you know, as long as progress is still being made in the right way, we're going to um, gradually be bringing that back. Um, also, I do want to say that um, there will be no mentioning about loving your body this Sunday and loving other people's bodies this Sunday. That was the joke all week that I heard over and over again. Um, <laughs> I did not pass the middle school test my sermon last uh, last Sunday. Um, there were too many jokes uh, being told. <laughs> but um, yeah. But we are going to be continuing with our sermon series um, about the body in the flesh. And actually, let's just uh, take a moment and pray before we really dig in. Holy Father, you are good. Lord, may we receive life from your word. May we know you through the proclamation of your grace, your goodness, and your love. In Christ's name, amen. So there's this game I play with my family sometimes, and I, I think I'm, I'm, I might have spoken about it before, um, but it's called Dominion. And uh, during the game, you start with three copper coins. Um, they're actually cards, but th three coins. And you can use that money to buy different things to give you an advantage, you know, like seeing other people's cards, so you can get an advantage. Or um, you can buy something that will make you more money. Um, you could buy property. Um, or you can buy something that will give you another turn. Okay, or some combination thereof. Now, this is where it gets tricky. The land doesn't have any immediate advantages. You don't make any money off of it. It doesn't give you any extra turns. But at the end of the game, at the end of the game, um, the person with the most property wins. Okay? Um, not the person with the most stuff, not the person with the most money, the most property. And the difficulty is that oftentimes you'll need those extra turns, you'll need money, you'll need all those little advantages um, to help you get those properties. But because you need all those things, sometimes you kind of end up playing the wrong game, right? You're playing the wrong game because you're going after the wrong things. It's easy to lose focus on the goal of the game, which is creating your own little dominion. And life can be like that. Our faith is like that sometimes. We spend all of our energy, all of our time, all of our strength playing the wrong game. And we miss out on the real goals of life, the real purpose. 
Now, over the past month, we've been working our way through Colossians. And last week, we looked at the importance of Jesus being fully human and how through him, our physical bodies are redeemed. But this week, we're going to be looking at the dangers and folly of um, focusing on the body to gain spiritual rewards. Because in ancient Colossae, uh, the Christians were struggling with this. There were teachers that said, hey, if you want to win the game of life, you know, do this or do that. Um, follow this special diet. You know, keto will give you the right power or energy. You know, um, being a raw vegan will, will help clear your mind and body aches. Um, a fast will give you be the right thing to cleanse you and um, get rid of the toxins in your system. You know, if you have the right vision board, you can have purpose and determination. You know, a warrior stance will make you strong and ground you and bring you power. Now, of course, I'm contemporizing all these things. But the thing is that they were so focused on mastering and denying their body and their bodily urges um, and their cravings to achieve some sort of spiritual reward. Right? That was their focus. And the Apostle Paul was writing to the Colossians to refute them this. Saying, hey, you're, you're missing the point. So as we dig into his letter, um, we're going to be focused on uh, Colossians uh, chapter 2, verse 16 to the end of the chapter. And uh, this morning I'll be reading from the Common English Bible. Um, so don't let anyone judge you about eating or drinking or about a festival, a new moon observ observance or Sabbaths. These religious practices are only a shadow of what was coming. The body that casts the shadow is Christ. Don't let anyone who wants to practice harsh self-denial and worship angels rob you of the prize. They go into detail about what they have seen in visions and have become unjustifiably arrogant by their selfish way of thinking. They don't stay connected to the head. The head nourishes and supports the whole body through the joints and ligaments so that the body grows with a growth that is from God. If you died with Christ to the way the world thinks and acts, why do you submit to the rules and regulations as though you were living in the world? Don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. All these things cease to exist when they're used. Such rules are human commandments and teachings. They look like they are wise with this self-made religion and their self-denial by the harsh treatment of the body, but they are no help against indulging in selfish and moral behavior. Um, now, I've really been struggling with how to, how to say this, um, to, 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 to unpack the scripture for you, because uh, this, is, this is my formula. You guys probably know this already. I usually go through, right, I'll, I'll read the verse, and then I'll like, kind of unpack, like, okay, this is ex explicitly what it's saying. I'll try to contemporize the language so that you can kind of understand what it means, and then I'll go into application. Like, okay, so what can we learn from this? How can we apply this? Um, But I, I know there was something in me as I was, I, was, I was reading this and as I was working through this, as I was like, I think this is something we really struggle with. I think this passage actually really speaks to it. So I'm going to be leaning more heavily on the application side and not the exegesis side. Um, so, uh, so I'm going to be more driving the car than showing you around it. So let's put it that way. Okay. And... Because earlier, I, I made passing comments about the Colossians, you know, being into keto diets and cleansing baths and meditation and other popular exercises and diets. 
And I could have easily added other things to that list. I could have added yoga or Tai Chi or acupuncture or rolfing or CrossFit or health clubs or uh, going to university or any other things. And all these things can make some sort of positive claim on your life. But the problem is, is when they start pushing those claims too far. And when they start pushing those claims too far, then the teachers look like they're wise with self-made religion and self-denial by the harsh treatment of the body, but they're no help against indulging in selfish and moral behavior. For example, seven or eight years ago, um, it was before I moved back up to Alaska, um, I went on a keto diet. And I kept it up for, about, for several months, and I lost like 30 pounds. It was really great. Um, it was cool. I, I didn't keep up with the diet because I'm Korean. I love rice. You know, it's, it's important to me. But, and, uh, and it's expensive. It's, it's an expensive diet to have. And, you know, I think there's some other health and ethical problems with it that I kind of just developed. But when I was reading all the keto books and blogs, I, I was promised that it would not only help me lose weight, but it would clear my mind. And it would give me more energy. And it would improve my mental focus. And it would increase my sexual performance. And it would make me overall just a better person. Right? And I'm exaggerating. But, but actually, just a little bit. Not even that much. I'm just... Just a little bit exaggerating. Because there, there's something that think within us that thinks if we can master this body that we have, if we can exhibit enough self-control, if we can just wholeheartedly follow the right program, regimen, or whatever, then we'll be a better person. We'll be happy. We'll be fulfilled. We'll be satisfied. And Paul is telling the Colossians, there is nothing that they can do to their bodies or for their bodies that will heal their souls. Okay, Jesus is who restores our bodies and souls. So focus on the real prize. Don't get distracted. Focus on the real prize. Focus on Jesus. Um, like I was saying at the beginning of, of, of the message, right, about dominion, sometimes you lose because you're playing the wrong game. So don't play the wrong game. The Colossians had specific practices that they were following that were problematic. And it was a mix between um, um, some Jewish rituals and, and Greek stoical, stoic practices, right? They were, it was about following dietary restrictions and celebrating the proper festivals and maintaining strict fasts and ex exposing themselves to like elements to try to experience out-of-body visions. But Paul's saying that tells us that things from our own body uh, will never save you. Your own body will never save you. It, it's, it's like trying to pick yourself up. When I was little, true story, true story. When I was little, when I was a, a young man, little Chris, um, I thought I could lift myself up. I thought I could pick myself up because I could do a pull-up. There was a time when I could do a pull-up. And um, so what I would do is I would like grab like my leg and I would try to lift like because I just didn't understand gravity, right? So if I could pick myself up, why couldn't I pick myself up? Um, but all that would happen is I'd just fall over, right? You can't pick yourself up. You can't lift yourself up. Our own body cannot make our body weightless. Likewise, our own body cannot make our body sinless. Our own body cannot make our own body more than our own body. And I'm not saying this to be um, 
down on yoga. You know, I, I think it can have some great health benefits. I have a friend that's a yoga instructor that, that I've had at our church retreat once. And I'm not down on certain diets because how we eat shapes our bodies. And I'm okay with, you know, even um, like, like acupuncture and most types of alternative medicines because uh, there's always things about the body you can't know. And I've had my own experiences with acupuncture, which I'd be happy to share, but it doesn't really fit in here, so I'll skip. But, you know, I strongly believe that fasting is good for us. This is Lent. I started Lent by giving a whole thing about why we should fast for Lent. But the problem is, is when we start to make these things claims about our spirit, claims about the nature of our bodies, claims about how creation. And now I'm looking at my notes and there's an entire page that just printed missing. So I'll go off of, <laughs> right? Because you cannot trust the body, right? The body's not going to save you. Um, no, uh, no, eating right is good. Um, so going to, going to school, I, I mentioned university, going to school is good. It'll give you more opportunities. Um, so exercise, going to the gym will make you stronger. Those are good things, right? I'm, I'm a former teacher. I believe, I believe in the value of education, but they will not save you. They will not save you. Okay. Um, there are a lot of really good things in this world. That, that, that one that have your attention. So we need to remember, what are the ultimate things? What is the ultimate thing? Um, so in the light of this, I, I just have um, just, just some words of advice on how to, how to engage with all of the rituals and practices of this world. Because let's face it, there are a lot of things around that um, are gonna make claims on our lives. So the first thing I'd like to say is ask yourself when you're, when you're going to do, be doing something, going to be trying something new, doing that, like, what do I hope to gain from this? Why am I doing this? Um, like, what are my expectations? Because sometimes we start things or do things because we think it will make us a better person. Like it will somehow transform us and change us because we don't like who we are. And we think that if we go to the gym, or we cut carbs, or we go to school, somehow that will make us better, okay? And once again, I'm not trying to put down any of those things. Um, but none of those things will make you a better person. It's only through Jesus that we're changed. It's only through him that we are made better. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this, he who began the good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. As we move through this world, our eyes should be fixed on Jesus, right? We need to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Am I just doing this for health? It's okay to do something for health. Or am I doing this because I don't like myself and I think this is going to make me better? Am I doing this so I can... So I can, because I love knowledge and I think it'd be really cool to be able to help people with what I learn. Or am I doing this because I don't feel like I have any worth or any value. And if I finally achieve this level, then, then, I'll, then I'll finally be good enough. We need to ask ourselves, why am I doing this? Okay, second thing. 
does this cloud my vision of Jesus? Does this cloud my vision of Jesus? Now, everybody has a worldview, okay? And when you interact with them, you will be interacting with that worldview. You will be exposed to that worldview. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, okay? It's good to interact, to learn from people of all sorts of different beliefs. That's okay. But then we have, we have to ask, does how we interact with the, that person, you know, when we sit under them sometimes for teaching or even as a boss or whatever, like, that how does their worldview cloud your vision of Jesus? Now, that sometimes will require discernment and community because sometimes we don't know. We don't know. Um, too often we overestimate our faith and not notice how it might be eroding around, around us. So we need to use prayerful discernment on uh, what we engage with, how we engage with it. Um, some teachers are more hostile to faith than others. Um, and that's true from most anything, um, from yoga to, 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 you know, from yoga to school teachers to, to counselors. Okay, like, be mindful. Um, if someone's too much, if they're clogging your vision of Jesus, then feel free to change. Feel free to change. Talk to people in your community. Ask them to help discern if some things are right for you. Um, this is one thing that we struggle with. We feel like we have to figure this out on our own. We don't. That's why we have a community of faith. I can't see everything. You can't see everything. Okay, and just, this is just a side note. Um, having your faith challenged doesn't mean that uh, someone's clouding your vision of Jesus. Um, sometimes it means they're just helping you see more clearly. Um, who Jesus is. And that can be frightening too, because you're like, wait a minute, I'm seeing Jesus in a different way. Uh, when I was a public school teacher, I'd often have uh, Christian students that would write um, essays about their faith. And um, the thing is, is whenever you turn in an essay about your faith, um, as an English teacher, I would have to grade their essay on their faith. <laughs> and uh, so when I would critique, you know, the logic that they used or um, how they use the scripture, um, or, uh, or, you know, sometimes just sloppy thinking, right? Whenever I like would point those things out, they would feel like I was attacking, like, you know, the core of who they're, they're being. And I'm like, no, I'm just help, trying to help you to think through this and to articulate your faith in a compelling way. Um, but it can be hard. Okay. So that was my second point. Um, Does this cloud my vision of Jesus? All right. Third thing. Does this help me love, support, and help my neighbor? Um, the problem with self-improvement is that it often stop, that it often stops with you. Okay. Uh, notice that if you read the the passage of Colossians uh, two sixteen through twenty three that we read, um, the teachers and practices that Paul were arguing against were primarily concerned about their own bodies and, and disciplining it and punishing it. They weren't so concerned about other people. Um, in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah is given a message uh, from the Lord uh, for people that follow the same religious practices that Paul was teaching against. And this is Isaiah 1, verses uh, 13 to 14. Stop bringing worthless offerings. Your incense repulses me. New moon, Sabbath, and the calling of assemblies I can't stand wickedness with celebration. I hate your new moon fest and your festivals. They've become a burden that I'm tired of bearing. Right? Like now, now why did they become a burden? Because the, 
the people were living unjustly. They didn't take care of the least of this. Okay, that their beliefs, their religious celebrations stood in contrast to how they lived their lives. Okay, it doesn't matter what we do to improve ourselves if we don't live justly. Any form of worship, any spiritual practice, any fancy college degrees, whatever, it's hollow if it doesn't help us to love, serve, and provide for our brothers and sisters in need. Right? True religion is this, the care for widows and orphans in distress. Okay. So, we need to ask ourselves of, of our practices. Does this help me love my neighbor? Does it help me provide for my neighbor? Does it help me serve my neighbor? Okay, that's important. And the way that we answer this question is, what do I hope to gain from this? How does this cloud my vision of Jesus? And does it help me love and support or help other people? That helps you determine how much authority to allow a teaching or practice to have in your life. Sometimes you still have to learn things, right? You still have to participate in things. I'm not saying that, you know, you, you cut out, right? You might still need to go to college. You might still need to, like, you just might, you need to go to the gym. Some people... Some people need to go to the gym. It's important. But how much authority do you give that to, for that thing to speak into your life? How much authority do you give it to speak in your life? Because there's always going to be things that are speaking into your life. Um, like, like the Colossians. Like, like all people, really. We're surrounded by culture that likes to make all sorts of claims right, about our life and how we should live it. Right? And, and we will be invited, you will be invited to participate in lots of different things. Lots of different things. And you'll be, be told like, hey, this is going to help you so much. This is going to be great. And um, you, you know, you're going to be given those offers of a better life. And sometimes we might be told like, you know, you're not really living the best life you could be living. And there's going to be things that, that feed our dissatisfaction with our status with our appearance, with our wealth, with our health, with our education, with our ethnicity, or anything else. They just feed into our, our dissatisfaction. Actually, this is a true story. In my devotions this morning, um, I, was, I was reading, and um, there, there was just something, a little something that was like this. Did you know that until the 1920s, there was no mention of bad breath in popular culture? Like, it just really wasn't the thing that came up. What's happened in 1920? That's when Listerine started advertising themselves. Okay? It just wasn't around. I mean, of course, bad breath existed, but, like, it was just like, yeah, people have bad breath. You just live with it. But, like, they, so this whole society, our whole society feeds, right? It feeds on dissatisfaction with, like, embarrassment, with exposing, like, little things about ourselves. And so when we meet things, we encounter things, right? Whether they're philosophies, whether they're um, exercises, whether they're, they're, they're education-like programs, whatever. Whenever we encounter things that offer solutions to our insecurities and our anxieties, we should ask, what do I hope to gain for this? Does this cloud my vision of Jesus? Does this help me to love, to provide for, to care for other people? 
this is doing it. Because, like, this is one of the things I've been saying, I think, throughout the series, but probably throughout my tenure as pastor here, um, Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. Keep your eyes on the prize. Don't play the wrong game. Focus on Jesus. Okay? There's lots of things, and there's lots of good things. Okay, I, I advocate for you to get involved in lots of things. Experience lots of things. Try lots of things. But don't lose sight of Jesus. Don't give those things authority into your life if they're turning you away from God. Okay? Because that's where we find salvation. That's where we find healing. That's where we find redemption. Not in the things of this world, not in the things of this flesh. Right? We'll never be able to pick ourselves up off the ground. We need somebody to pick us up. And that's our Savior. Pray with me. Holy Father God, I thank you for your deep, deep love for us, Lord. I thank you for I thank you for how you provide. I thank you for how you care for us, that you care for our needs, Lord, even more than we do. And Lord, um, we know that we're, that we're a flawed people and that we have our, our worries. We all have our worries, that we all have our insecurities, Lord. We all have our fears and anxieties. And uh, that's... And some of that is just um, being on this side of creation. But Lord, we know that you're enough and that you're work at work in this world and in us, redeeming, restoring, and remaking the world so that heaven and earth are together so that we can dwell with you, Lord, so that we can see your face and we can worship you more clearly. Teach us to have eyes for you. Teach us to have ears for you. And teach us to have a body, Lord, a redeemed resurrected, saved body that is yours and yours alone because salvation is only found in you. In Christ's name, amen. Pastor Vince.